Hey, welcome to the latest installment of Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's latest social isolation project. Um, every Tuesday and Saturday, we're reading some Shakespeare live on YouTube, and then we're posting the videos and the audio for you to enjoy after the fact. So obviously, this is the audio version available in our podcast feed, search My Entertainment World on uh, iTunes, and you'll find all of our podcast different. We have lots of different series going on. Um, including Corona Movie Club right now, as well as nominee interview series. And we have a new one starting up really soon. So get excited for that. Um, Make sure to check out the website, myentertainmentworld.ca, and Twitter and Instagram, at myentworld, to see what we're up to and what Corona Cold Reads we have coming up. This episode, we have Twelfth Night for you, which is one of the greatest comedies ever written. Certainly, it's one of my favorite Shakespeare's. Um, And what I think makes... uh, Twelfth Night so special are there's two major things. One is tone. Um, it's I think his saddest comedy, or you know, it's weird to call it a tragedy, but it is. Um, it's definitely a comedy, but it's it's really melancholy. And depending on how you view what happens to Malvolio, there's a real cruelty there. Um, so I think there's a real a real dark side um, and a real depth to this very fun hijinksy comedy uh so it's and it's also really romantic it's got some beautiful music some beautiful poetry it's just in some fabulous wordplay it's got maybe my favorite fool in the whole canon um so it's just a really beautiful script and the other thing about it is that it's in my opinion the greatest ensemble piece that Shakespeare ever wrote um it's an extraordinary cast of characters um and the way you can tell it's a real ensemble piece is if you talk uh to someone who does a lot of Shakespeare casting and you have a lot of companies have like a leading man, you know, like your Richard Burbage who plays your Macbeth and your Hal and all that stuff. Where do you put him in Twelfth Night? You know, Orsino's big in the beginning, big in the end. He disappears in the middle. Toby's big, but he's sort of a character role as is Malvolio. You know, Andrew's amazing. The closest thing this show has to a protagonist is Viola. And even she leads the plot less than say Rosalind does. So, Everybody, there's something like eight, nine characters in this play that have a a lot to do and a lot of depth to them. Um, So it's one of the great ensembles. And so we collected one of our favorite ensembles to do it. Uh, So we've got a great cast. Go to the website to check out that full cast list. And I hope you enjoy the reading. Uh, Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare. Act one, scene one, Duke Orsino's palace. Enter Duke Orsino, Curio, and others. (laughs) Laura's musicians attending. If music be the food of love, play on. Give me excess of it, that surfeiting, the appetite may sicken and so die. That uh, strain again, it had a dying fall. Oh, it came o'er my ears like the sweet sound that breathes upon a bank of violets, stealing and giving odor. Enough, no more. It's not so sweet now as it was before. Oh, spirit of love. How quick and fresh art thou, that notwithstanding thy capacity receiveth as the sea, not enters there, of what validity and pitch so air, it falls into abatement and low price, even in a minute. Who full of shapes is fancy, that it alone is high fantastical. Will you go hot, my lord? What, Curio? What, Curio? (laughs) The heart. Why, so I do, the noblest that I have. When mine eyes did see Olivia first, methought she purged the air of pestilence. 
That instant was I turned into a heart, and my desires, like fell and cruel hounds, ere since pursue me. Enter Valentine. How now? What news from her? Oh, please, my lord, I might not be admitted, but from her handmaid do return this answer. The element itself, till seven years' heat shall not behold her face at ample view. But, like a cloistress, she will veiled walk and water once a day her chamber round with eye-offending brine. All this to season a brother's dead love, which she, which she would keep fresh and lasting in her sad remembrance. Oh, but she hath a heart of that fine frame to pay this debt of love but to a brother. How will she love when the rich golden shaft hath killed the flock of all affections else that live in her? When liver, brain, and heart, but these sovereign thrones are all supplied and filled, her sweet perfections with one self-king. Away before me to sweet beds of flowers, love thoughts lie rich and canopied with bowers. Exit. Scene two, the sea coast. Enter Viola, a captain, and sailors. What country, friends, is this? This is Illyria, lady. And what should I do in Illyria? My brother, he is not. My brother, he is in Elysium. Perchance he is not drowned. What think you, sailors? It is perchance that you yourself were saved. Oh, my poor brother, and so perchance may he be. True, madam. And to comfort you with chance, assure yourself after our ship did split, when you and those poor numbers saved with you, hung on our driving boat. I saw your brother, most provident in peril, bind himself, Courage and hope both teaching him the practice to a strong mass that lived upon the sea where, like Arian on the dolphin's back, I saw him hold acquaintance with the waves so long I could see. For saying so, there's gold. Mine own escape unfoldeth to my hope, where to thy speech serves for authority the like of him. Knowst thou this country? I, madam, well, for I was bred and born not three hours' travel from this very place. Who governs here? A noble duke, in nature is in name. What is the name? Orsino. Orsino? I have heard my father name him. He was a bachelor then? And so is now, or was so very late. For but a month ago I went from hence, and then t'was fresh and murmur, as you know, what great ones do the less with prattle of, that he did seek the love of fair of Olivia. What's she? A virtuous maid, the daughter of a count that died some twelve months since, then leaving her in the protection of his son, her brother, who shortly also died, for whose dear love they say she hath abjured the company and sight of men. Oh, that I served that lady and might not be delivered to the world till I had made mine own occasion mellow. What my estate is, that were hard to compass, but because she will admit no kind of suit. No, not the Duke's. There is a fair behavior in thee, Captain. And though that nature with a beauteous wall doth oft close in pollution, yet of thee I will believe thou hast a mind that suits with this thy fair and outward character. I prithee, and I'll pay thee bounteously. Conceal me what I am, and be my aid, for such disguise as haply shall become the form of my intent. I'll serve this duke, 
thou shalt present me as a eunuch to him. It may be worth thy pains, for I can sing and speak to him in many sorts of music that will allow me very worth his service. What else may hap to time I will commit? Only shape thou thy silence to my wit. Be you his eunuch, and your mute I'll be. When my tongue blabs, then let mine eyes not see. I thank thee. Lead me on. Exit. Scene three, Olivia's house. Enter Sir Toby Belch and Mariah. What a plague means my niece to take the death of her brother thus. I'm sure care's an enemy to life. Thought I'm being... Christina? She gone. <laughs> Does that not work? Yeah, maybe <clears throat> maybe unplug the the earbuds. Oh no. <laughs> no it works, it works. Hello? You know. Yeah. Okay. We can hear you. All right, so do you want to start the scene over? <laughs> we'll do it again. Yeah, I can do it again. <laughs> what a plague means my niece to take the death of her brother thus. I'm sure cares an enemy to life. By my troth, Sir Toby, you must come in earlier nights. Your cousin, my lady, takes great exception to your ill hours. Well, let her accept before accepted. Aye, but you must confine yourself within the modest limits of order. Confine? I'll confine myself no finer than I am. These clothes are good enough to drink in, and so be these boots too, and they be not, let them hang themselves in their own straps. That quaffing and drinking will undo you. I heard my lady talk of it yesterday. And of a foolish knight you brought in one night here to woo her? Uh, who, Sir Andrew Aguchi? Aye, he. He's as tall as any man in Illyria. What's that to the purpose? Why, he has 3,000 ducats a year. Aye, but he'll have but a year in all these ducats. He's a very fool and a prodigal. By that you'll say so. He plays the via de Gamboys and speaks three or four languages, word for word, without book, and hath all good gifts of nature. He hath indeed almost natural, for besides that he's a fool, he's a great quarreler, and but that he hath the gift of a coward to allay the gust he hath in quarreling, tis thought among the prudent that he would quickly have the gift of a grave. By this hand, there are scoundrels and subtractors that say so of him. Who are they? They that add moreover, he's drunk nightly in your company. With drinking healths unto my niece. I'll drink to her as long as there is passage in my throat and drink in Illyria. He's a coward and a coistrel that will not drink to my niece till his brains turn to the toe like a parish top. What wench? Castiello, Volgo! For here comes Sir Andrew Aguface. Sir, Sir Toby. Sir Toby Belch. How now, Sir Toby Belch? Sweet Sir Andrew. <laughs> Bless you, fair shrew. And you, sir. A cost, Sir Andrew, a cost. What's that? My niece's chambermaid? Oh, good mistress Acost, I desire better acquaintance. My name is Mary, sir. Good mistress Mary Acost. You mistake, knight. Acost <laughs> is front her, board her, woo her, <gasps> assail her. <laughs> okay. By my troth, <laughs> I would not undertake her in, the, in this company. Is that the meaning of Acost? Fare you well, gentlemen. You let her part so, Sir Andrew. Would thou mightest never draw thy sword again? And you part so, mistress, I would I might never draw sword again. Fair lady, do you think you have fools in hand? Sir, I have not you by the hand. 
Oh, marry, but you shall have, and here's my hand. Now, sir, thought is free. I pray you bring your hand to the buttery bar and let it drink. Wherefore, sweetheart, what's your metaphor? It's dry, sir. Why, I think so. I am not such an ass, but I can keep my hand dry. But what's your jest? A dry jest, sir. Are you full of them? I, sir, I have them at my finger's end. Mary, now I let go of my hand, I am barren. <laughs> oh, night, thou lackst a cup of canary. When did I see thee so put down? Never in your life, I think, unless you see canary put me down. Methinks sometimes I have no more wit than a Christian or an ordinary man has. But, but I am a great eater of beef. And I believe that does harm to my wit. No question. Mm. And I thought that I'd forswear it. I'll write home tomorrow, Sir Toby. Pourquoi, my dear knight? What is pourquoi? Do or not do? I Would I have bestowed that time in the tongues that I have in fencing, dancing, and bear-baiting? Oh, had I but followed the arts. And then hadst thou an excellent head of hair. Why, would thou have mended my hair? Past question, for thou seest it will not curl by nature. But it... It comes me well enough, does it not? Excellent. It hangs like flax on a distaff. And I hope to see a housewife take thee between her legs and spit it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay a month longer. I am a fellow of the strangest mind in the world. I delight in masks and revels sometimes altogether. Art thou good at these kickshawses, knight? As any man in Illyria, whatsoever he be, under the degree of my betters, and yet I will not compare with an old man. What is thy excellence in a galliard, knight? Faith, I can cut a caper. And I can cut the mutton to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I have the back trick simply as strong as any man in Illyria. Wherefore are these things hid? Wherefore have these gifts a curtain before them? Are they like to take dust, like Mistress Maul's picture? Why dost thou not go to church in a galliard and come home in a caranto? My very walk should be a jig. I would so much as I would not so much as make water, but in a syncopace. What dost thou mean? Is this a world to hide virtues in? I did think by the excellent constitution of thy leg, it was formed under the star of a galliard. Aye, tis strong. And it does indifferent well in a dun-colored stock. Hey, shall we set about some revels? What shall we do else? Were we not born under Taurus? Taurus, that sides and heart. No, sir, it is legs and thighs. Let me see <laughs> the caper. <laughs> ha! Higher! Ha <laughs> ha! Excellent! Higher! Woo! Higher! <laughs> Excellent. Scene four, Duke Orsino's palace. Enter Valentine and Viola in man's attire. If the Duke continue these favors towards you, Cesario, you are like to be much advanced. He hath known you but three days, and already you are no stranger. You either fear his humor or my negligence that you call in question the continuance of his love. 
Is he inconstant, sir, in his favors? No, believe me. I thank you. Here comes the count. Who starts his Dario ho? On your attendance, my lord. Here. Stand you a while aloof. Cesario, thou knowest no less but all. I have unclasped to thee the book even of my secret soul. Therefore, good youth, address thy gate unto her. Be not denied access. Stand at her doors and tell them there thy fixed foot shall grow till thou have audience. Sure, my noble lord, if she be so abandoned to her sorrow as it is spoke, she never will admit me. Be clamorous and, and leap all civil bounds rather than make unprofited return. I say I do speak with her, my lord. What then? Oh, then unfold the passion of my love. Surprise her with discourse of my dear faith. It shall become thee well to act my woes. She will attend it better in thy youth than in annuncios of more grave aspect. I think not so, my lord. Dear lad, believe it. For they shall yet belie thy happy years that say thou art a man. Diana's lip is not more smooth and rubious. Thy small pipe is as the maiden's organ, shrill and sound, and all the semblative, oh, a woman's part. I know thy constellation is right apt for this affair. Some four or five attend him, all if you will, for I myself am best when least in company. Prosper well in this, and thou shalt live as freely as thy lord to call his fortunes thine. I'll do my best to woo your lady. Yet a barful strife, <laughs> who e'er I woo, myself would be his wife. Exempt. <coughs> Scene five, Olivia's house, enter Mariah and Clown, who is Fest, but we're calling him Clown in this script for some reason. Nay, either tell me where thou hast been, or I will not open my lips so wide as a bristle may enter in way of thy excuse. My lady will hang thee for thy absence. Let her hang me. He that is well hanged in this world needs to fear no colors. Make that good. He shall see none to fear. A good Lenten answer. I can tell thee where that saying was born of I fear no colors. Where, good Mistress Mary? In the wars. And that may you be so bold to say in your foolery. Well, God give them wisdom that have it, and those that are fools, let them use their talents. Yet you will be hanged for being so long absent. Or to be turned away, is not that as good as a hanging to you? Many a good hanging prevents a bad marriage, and for turning away, let summer bear it out. You are resolute, then. Not so, neither, but I am resolved on two points. That if one break, the other will hold. Or if both break, your Gaskins fall. Apt in good faith, very apt. Well, go thy way. Sir Toby would leave drinking. Thou wert as witty a piece of Eve's flesh as any in Illyria. Peace, you rogue, no more that. Here comes my lady. Make your excuse wisely, you were best. Wit and thy be will. Put me into good fooling. Those wits that think they have thee do very oft prove fools. And I, that am sure I lack thee, may pass for a wise man. For what say Quinopolis? Better a witty fool than a foolish wit. To Olivia with Malvolio. God bless thee, lady. Take the fool away. Do you not hear, fellows? Take away the lady. Go to. You're a dry fool. I'll know more of you. Besides, you grow dishonest. Two faults, Madonna, that drink and good counsel will amend. Forgive the dry fool drink, then is the fool not dry. 
bid the dishonest man mend himself. If he mend, he is no longer dishonest. If he cannot, let the botcher mend him. Anything that's mended is but patched. Virtue that transgresses it is but patched with sin. And sin that amends is but patched with virtue. If that this simple syllogism will serve, so if it will not, what remedy? As there is no true cuckold but calamity, so beauty is a flower. The lady bade take away the fool, therefore, I say again, take her away. Sir, I bade them take away you. Miss Prison, in the highest degree, Lady Cuculus non facet monactum. <laughs> That's as much to say as I wear not motley in my brain. Good Madonna, give me leave to prove you a fool. Ah, can you do it? Dexterously, good Madonna. Make your proof. I must catechize you for it, Madonna. Good my mouse of virtue, answer me. Well, sir, for what of other idleness, I'll bide your proof. Good Madonna, why mournest thou? Good fool for my brother's death. I think his soul is in hell, Madonna. I know he is in heaven, fool. The more fool, Madonna, to mourn for your brother's soul being in heaven. Take away the fool, gentlemen. What think you of this fool, Mavolio? Doth he not mend? Yes, and shall do till the pangs of death shake him. Infirmity that decays the wise doth ever make the better fool. God send you, sir, a speedy infirmity for the better increasing your folly. Sir Toby will be sworn that I am no fox, but he will not pass his word for two pence that you are no fool. How say you to that, Malvolio? I marvel your ladyship takes delight in such a barren rascal. I saw him put down the other day with an ordinary fool that has no more brain than a stone. Oh, look you now. He's out of his guard already. Unless you laugh and minister occasion to him, he's gagged. I protest, I take these wise men, the crow so at these set kind of fools, no better than the fool's zanies. Oh, you are sick of self-love, Malvolio, and taste with a distempered appetite. To be generous, guiltless, and of free disposition is to take those things for bird bolts that you deem cannon bullets. There is no slander in an allowed fool, though he do nothing but rail, nor no railing in a known discreet man, though he do nothing but reprove. Now, Mercury, endue thee with leasing, for thou speakest well of fools. Re-enter Mariah. Madam, there is at the gate a young gentleman much desires to speak with you. Oh, from Count Orsino, is it? I know not, madam. Tis a fair young man, well attended. Who of my people hold him in delay? Sir Toby, madam, your kinsman. Well, fetch him off, I pray you. He speaks nothing but madmen. Fie on him. Exit Mariah. Go you, Malvolio. If it, be a, if it be a suit from the Count, I am sick or not at home, what you will, to dismiss it. Exit Malvolio. Now see you, sir, how your fooling grows old and people dislike it. Thou hast spoke for us, Madonna, as if thy eldest son should be a fool, whose skull Joe cram with brains. For here he comes, one of thy kin has a most weak piamatter. Enter Sir oh. Toby Belch. By my honor, half drunk, what is he at the gate, cousin? A gentleman. A gentleman? What gentleman? A gentle, tis a gentleman here. <coughs> <coughs> Plague of the pickled herring. How now, sot? Good Sir Toby! How have you come so early by this lethargy? Lechery? I defy lechery! There's one at the gate. 
Ay, Mary, what is he? Let him be the devil, and he will, I care not. Give me faith, say I. Well, it's all one. What's a drunken man like, fool? Like a drowned man, a fool, and a madman. One drought above heat makes him a fool, the second mads him, and a third drowns him. Go thou and seek the crowner, and let him sit on my cause. For he's in the third degree of drink, he's drowned. Go look after him. He is but mad yet, Madonna, and the fool shall look to the madman. Exit. Re-enter Malvolio. Madam, yon young fellow swears he will speak with you. I told him you were sick. He takes on him to understand so much, and therefore comes to speak with you. I told him you were asleep. He seems to have a foreknowledge of that too, and therefore comes to speak with you. What is to be said to him, lady? He is fortified against any denial. Tell him he shall not speak with me. Has been told so. And he says he'll stand at your door like a sheriff's post and be the supporter to a bench. But he'll speak with you. What kind of man is he? Why, of mankind. What manner of man? A very ill manner. He'll speak with you, will you or no? <laughs> of what personage and years is he? Well, not yet old enough for a man, nor young enough for a boy, as a... Squash is before it is a peas cod, or a mm, codling when it is almost an apple. It is with him in standing water, twixt boy and man. He is very well favored, and he speaks very shrewishly. <laughs> One would think his mother's milk were scarce out of him. Let him approach. Call in my gentlewoman. Gentlewoman, my lady calls. Exit, re-enter Mariah. Give me my veil. Come, throw it over my face. We'll once more hear Osino's embassy. Enter Viola and attendants. The honorable lady of the house, which is she? Speak to me. I shall answer for her. Your will? Most radiant, exquisite, and unmatchable beauty. I pray you, tell me if this be the lady of the house, for I never saw her. I would be loath to cast away my speech, for... Besides that it is excellently well penned, I have taken great pains to con it. <laughs> Good beauties, let me sustain no scorn. I am very comfortable, even to the least sinister usage. Whence came you, sir? I can say little more than I have studied, and that question's out of my part. Good gentle one, give me modest assurance, if you be the lady of the house, that I may proceed in my speech. <laughs> Are you a comedian? No, my profound heart. And yet by the very fangs of malice, I swear I am not that I play. Are you the lady of the house? If I do not usurp myself, I am. Most certain, if you are she, you do usurp yourself. For what is yours to bestow is not yours to reserve. But this is from my commission. I will on with my speech in your praise and then show you the heart of my message. <clears throat> Come to what is important in it, I give you the praise. Alas, I took great pains to study it and tis poetical. It is the more like to be feigned. I pray you, keep it in. I heard you were saucy at my gates and allowed your approach rather to wonder at you than to hear you. If you be not mad, be gone. If you have reason, be brief. Tis not that time of moon with me to make one in so skipping a dialogue. Will you hoist sail, sir? Here lies your way. No, good swabber, I am here to haul a little longer. Some mollification for your giant, sweet lady. 
tell me, tell me your mind. I am a messenger. Sure, you have some hideous matter to deliver when the courtesy of it is so fearful. Speak your office. It alone concerns your ear. I bring no overture of war, no taxation of homage. I hold the olive in my hand. My words are as full of peace as matter. Yet you began rudely. What are you? What would you? The rudeness that hath appeared in me have I learned from my entertainment. What I am and what I would are as secret as maidenhead. To your ears, divinity. To any others, profanation. Give this place alone. We will hear this divinity. Exit Mariah and attendants. Now, sir, what is your text? Most sweet lady. Ah, comfortable doctrine, and much may be said of it. Where lies your text? In Orsino's bosom. In his bosom? Hmm. In what chapter of his bosom? To answer by the method in the first of his heart. Oh, I have read it. Tis heresy. Have you no more to say? Good madam, let me see your face. Have you any commission from your lord to negotiate with my face? You are now out of your text, but we will draw the curtain and show you the picture. Look you, sir, such a one I was this present. Is not well done. Unveiling. Excellently done, if God did all. Tis ingrained, sir, twill endure wind and weather. Tis beauty truly blent, whose red and white nature's own sweet and cunning hand laid on. Lady, you are the cruelest she alive, if you will lead these graces to the grave and leave the world no copy. Oh, sir, I will not be so hard-hearted. I will give out diverse schedules of my beauty. It shall be inventoried and every particle and utensil labeled to my will as item two lips in different red, item two gray eyes with lids to them, item one neck, one chin, and so forth. Where? You sent hither to praise me. I see you what you are. You are too proud. But if you were the devil, you are fair. My lord and master loves you. Oh, such love could be but recompensed, though you were crowned the nonpareil of beauty. Mm-hmm. How does he love me? With adorations, fertile tears, with groans that thunder love, with sighs of fire. Your lord does know my mind. I cannot love him. Yet I suppose him virtuous, know him noble, of great estate, of fresh and stainless youth, in voices well divulged, free, learned, and valiant, and in dimension and the shape of nature, a gracious person. But yet I cannot love him. He might have took his answer long ago. If I did love you in my master's flame, with such a suffering, with such a deadly life, in your denial I would find no sense. I would not understand it. Why? What would you? Make me a willow cabin at your gate and call upon my soul within the house with loyal, right loyal cantons of contemned love and sing them loud, even in the dead of night. Hallow your name to the reverberate hills and make the babbling gossip of the air cry out, Oh, Livia! Oh, you should not rest between the elements of air and earth, but you should pity me. You might do much. 
What is your parentage? Above my fortunes. <laughs> Yet my state is well. I am a gentleman. Get you to your lord. I cannot love him. Let him send no more, unless perchance you come to me again to tell me how he takes it. Fare you well, and I thank you for your pains. Spend this for me. I am no feed purse, lady. Keep your purse. My master, not myself, lacks recompense. Love make his heart a flint that you shall love, and let your fervor, like my master's, be placed in contempt. Farewell, fair cruelty. Exit. What is your personage? <laughs> Above my fortunes, yet my state as well. I am a gentleman, I'll be sworn thou art. Thy tongue, thy face, thy limbs, actions, and spirit do give thee fivefold blazon, not too fast. <sighs> soft, soft. Unless the master were the man. How now, even so quickly, may one catch the plague? Methinks I feel this youth's perfections with an invisible and subtle stealth to creep in at mine eyes. Well, let it be. What ho, Malvolio? Re-enter Malvolio. Here, madam, at your service. Run after that same peevish messenger, thy county's man. He left this ring behind him. Would I or not uh, tell him I'll none of it, desire him not to flatter him, his lord, nor hold him up with hopes, I am not for him. If that, the youth will come this way tomorrow, I'll give him reasons for it. Heidi, Malvolio. Madam, I will. Exit. I do I know not what and fear to find mine eye too great a flatterer of my mind. Fate show thy force, ourselves we do not owe. What is decreed must be, and be this so. Exit. Act two, scene one, the seacoast, enter Antonio and Sebastian. Will you stay no longer, nor will you that I go with you? By your patience, no. My stars shine darkly over me. The malignancy of my fate might perhaps distemper yours. Therefore, I shall crave of you your leave that I may bear my evils alone. It were a bad recompense for your love to lay any of them on you. Let me know of whither you are bound. No, soothe, sir. My determined voyage is mere extravagancy. But I perceive in you so excellent a touch of modesty that you will not extort from me what I am willing to keep in. Therefore, it charges me in manners of rather to express myself. You must know me then. And Antonio, my name is Sebastian, which I called Rodrigo. My father was that Sebastian of Messalini, whom I know you have heard of. Oh no. And then what happened? <laughs> oh no. Oh, that's the day. I heard of him, but he. he... <laughs> Sorry, my thing got out. Reach of the sea was my sister drowned. 
Oh, I lost the day. Sebastian. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> A lady, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Alex. He's frozen again. Okay. A lady, sir, though it was said she was much, she much resembled me, was yet of many accounted beautiful. But though I could not with such estimable wonder over far her, over far believe that, yet thus far I will boldly publish her. She bore a mind that could envy not, but call fair. She is drowned already, sir, with salt water, though I seem to drown her remembrance again with more. Pardon me, sir, your bad entertainment. Oh, good Antonio, forgive me your trouble. You will not murder me for my love. Let me be your servant. If you will not undo what you have done, that is, kill him whom you have recovered, desire it not. Fare ye well at once. My bosom is full of kindness, and I am yet so near the manners of my mother that upon the least occasion more mine eyes will tell tales of me. I am bound to the Count Orsino's court. Farewell. Exit. Yay. <laughs> Gentleness of all the gods go with thee. I have many enemies in Orsino's court, else would I very shortly see thee there. Ah, come what may. I do adore thee so that danger shall seem sport and I will go. Exit. Scene two, a street under Viola Malvolio following. Were not you, even now with the Countess Olivia? Even now, sir, on a moderate pace I have since arrived but hither. She returns this ring to you, sir. You might have saved me my pains to have taken it away yourself. She adds, moreover, that should put, you should put your lord into a desperate assurance that she will none of him. And one thing more that you never be so hardy to come again in his affairs, unless it be to report your lord's taking of this. Receive it so. She took the ring of me, I'll none of it. Come, sir. You peevishly threw it to her, and her will is it should be returned. If it be worth stooping for, there, it lies in your eye. If not, be it his that finds it. Exit. <laughs> I left no ring with her. What means this lady? Fortune forbid my outside have not charmed her. <laughs> she made good view of me, indeed, so much that sure methought her eyes had lost her tongue, for she did speak in starts distractedly. She loves me, sure. The cunning of her passion invites me in this churlish messenger. None of my lord's ring, why he sent her none. I am the man. If it be so, as tis, poor lady, she were better love a dream. <laughs> Disguise. I see thou art a wickedness wherein the pregnant enemy does much. How easy it is for the proper false in women's waxen hearts to set their forms. Alas, our frailty is the cause, not we. For such as we are made of, such we be. How will this fadge? My master loves her dearly, and I... Poor monster, fond as much on him, and she, mistaken, seems to dote on me. What will become of this? As I am man, my state is desperate for my master's love. As I am woman, now, alas the day, what thriftless sighs shall poor Olivia breathe? Oh, time. Too hard a knot for me to untie. Exit. Scene three, Olivia's house. Enter Sir Toby Belch and Andrew. Belch! Sir Andrew, not to be bad after midnight is to be up betimes, and dulacuro sudrera thou knowest. Nay, by my troth, 
I know not, but I know to be up late is to be up late. A false <laughs> conclusion. I hate it as an unfilled can. To be up after midnight <laughs> is to go to bed then is early. So that to go to bed after midnight is to go to bed betimes. Does not our life consist of the four elements? Faith, so they say, but I think it rather consists of eating and drinking. Thou art a scholar. Let us therefore eat and drink. Mariah, I say a stupid wine. Enter clown. Oh, here comes the fool in face. Oh, oh now, my <laughs> heart. Did you never see the picture of we three? <laughs> Welcome, us. Now, let's have a catch. Oh, by my trough, the fool has an excellent breast. I had rather than 40 shillings, I had such a leg. And so sweet a breath to sing as this fool has. In sooth, thou wast in gracious fooling last night when thou spokest of Pegrogomitus mm -hmm. of the Vapians passing the equinoctical of Quibius. Ah. Just very good, very good in faith. I sent thee sixpence for thy layman, that's it. I did impeticose thy gratility, for <laughs> Malvolio's nose is no whipstock. My lady has a white hand, and the Myrmidians are no bottle ale houses. <laughs> Excellent. Why, this is the best fooling. When all is done, now a song, come on. Come on, come on, there's come on. six for you. Let's have a song. Would there you is... have a, oops, sorry. No, okay, I got a testral. Testral for you do. Got a testral. <laughs> Would you have a love song or a song of good life? A love song, a love song. Hey, I, I, I care not for a good life. <laughs> <laughs> Mistress mine, where are you probing? Stay and hear your true love is coming. That can sing both high and low. Trip no further, pretty sweeting. Journeys end in lovers meeting. Every wise man's son doth know. Woo! Excellent! Good! In faith! Good, good. <laughs> What is love? Tis not hereafter. Present mirth hath present laughter. What's to come is still unsure. In delay there lies no plenty. Then come kiss me, sweet and twenty. Youth's a stuff will not endure. Uh, a voice, as I am a journey. A contagious breath. Very sweet and contagious in faith. To hear by the nose, it is, a, it is dulcet in contagion. But shall we make the welkin dance indeed? Shall we rouse the night hell on a catch that will draw three souls out of one weaver? Shall we do that? And you love me, let's do it. I am a dog at a catch. By our lady, sir, and some dogs will catch as well. <laughs> Most certain. Let our catch be, thou knave. Hold thy peace, thou knave knight. I shall be constrained to call thee knave knight. <sighs> Tis not the first time I have constrained one to call me knave. Begin, fool. 
It begins, hold thy peace. I shall never begin if I hold my peace. <laughs> Good. In faith. Come begin. Hold thy peace, thy name. <laughs> if my lady have not called up her steward Malvolio and bid him turn you out of doors, never trust me. My lady's a Catan. We are politicians. Malvolio's a Pegaramsey, and three merry men we we. Am I not consanguinous? Am I not of her blood? Tilly Valley, lady. There dwells a man in Babylon, lady, Mishroom, lady. Mishroom me, the knights and admirable and fooling. <laughs> he does well enough if he be disposed. And so do I, too. He does it with better grace. But I, I do it more natural. On the twelfth day of December, <laughs> oh, my masters, are you mad, or what? Are you? Have you no wit, manners, nor honesty, but to gabble like tinkers at this time of night? Do ye make an alehouse of my lady's house that ye squeak out your cosier's catches without any mitigation or remorse of voice? Is there no respect of place, persons, nor time in you? We did keep time, sir, in our catches. <laughs> Stop. Sir Toby, I must be round with you. My lady bade me tell you that though she harbors you as her kinsman, she is nothing allied to your disorders. If you can separate yourself and your misdemeanors, you are welcome to the house. If not, and it would please you to take leave of her, she is very willing to bid you farewell. Farewell, dear heart, since I must needs be gone. Hey, good Sir Toby. His eyes do show his days are almost done. Is even so? But I will never die. Sir Toby, there you lie. <laughs> mm, this is much credit to you. Hmm. Shall I bid him go? What and if you do? Shall I bid him go and spare not? Oh, no, 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 you dare not. Out of tune, sir, you lie. <laughs> art any more than a steward? Dost thou think because thou art, no, thou art virtuous, there shall be no more cakes and ale? Yes, by Saint Anne, and ginger shall be hot in the mouth, too. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the right. Go, sir, rub your chain with crumbs. Drink <laughs> the wine, Mariah. Mistress Mary, if you prized my lady's favor at anything more than contempt, you would not give means for this uncivil rule. She shall know of it by this hand. Exit. I'll go shake your ears. <laughs> For as good a deed as to drink when a man's a hungry, to challenge him in the field, and then to break promise with him and make a fool of him. Do it, knight. I'll write thee a challenge. Or my deliver, oh, I'll deliver thy indignation to him by word of mouth. Sweet Sir Toby, be patient for tonight. Since the youth of the Counts was today with thy lady, she is much out of quiet. As for Monsieur Monvolio, let me alone with him. If I do not gull him into a nay-word and make him a common recreation, do not think I have wit enough to lie straight in my bed. I know I can do it. Possess us. Possess us. Tell us something of him. Mary, sir, he is a kind of Puritan. 
Oh, if I thought that, I'd beat him like a dog. What, for being a Puritan? Thy exquisite reason, dear knight. I have no exquisite reason for it, but I have reason good enough. The devil a Puritan that he is. Or anything constantly, but a time pleaser. An affectioned ass that cons state without book and utters it by great swords. The best persuaded of himself, so crammed, as he thinks, with excellencies, that it his grounds of faith that all that look on him do love him. And on that vice in him will my revenge find notable cause to work. What wilt thou do? I will drop in his way some obscure epistles of love, wherein by the color of his beard, the shape of his leg, the manner of his gait, the expression of his eye, forehead, and complexion, he shall find himself most feelingly personated. I can write very like my lady, your niece. On a forgotten matter, we can hardly make distinction of our hands. Excellent. <laughs> I smell a device. I have it in my nose, too. He shall think by the letters that thou will drop that they come from my niece and that she's in love with him. My purpose uh -huh. is indeed a horse of that color. And your horse now would make him an ass. Ass, I doubt not. Oh, Twill be admirable. Fort Royal, I warn you. I know my physic will work with him. I will plant you two. Let the fool make a third where he shall find the letter. Observe his construction of it. For this night to bed and dream on the event. Farewell! Exit. Good night, Penteselea. Before me, she's a good wench. She's a beagle, true bred, and one that adores me. <laughs> what of that? I was adored once, too. Let's to bed, knight. Thou hadst needs to send for more money. And if I cannot recover your niece, I am a foul way out. Send for money, knight. If, that has, if thou hast her not in the end, call me cut. If I do not, never trust me. Take it how you will. Come, come. I'll go burn some sack. It's too late to go to bed now. Come, night. Come, night. Woohoo! Exit. Scene four, Duke Orsino's palace. Enter Duke Orsino, Viola, Curio, and others. Give me some music. Now, good morrow, friends. Now, good Cesario, but that piece of song, that old and antique song we heard last night. Methought it did relieve my passion much, more than light airs and recollected terms of these most brisk and giddy-paced times. Come, but one verse. He's not here, so you, so please, your lordship, that should sing it. Who was it? Fest the jester, my lord, a fool that the lady Olivia's father took much delight in. He's about the house. Uh, see, come out and play the tune the while. Exit Curio. Music plays. Come hither, boy. If ever thou remember me, if ever thou shalt love in the sweet pangs of it, remember me. For such as I am, all true lovers are, unstayed and skittish in all motions else, save in the constant image of the creature that is beloved. How dost thou like this tune? Gives a very echo to the seat where love is throned. Thou dost speak masterly. 
thy life upon it, young though thou art, thine eye hath stayed upon some favour that it loves. Hath it not, boy? A little by your favour. What kind of woman is Of your complexion. <laughs> She's not worth thee, then. What years of faith? About your years, my lord. Too old by heaven. Let still the woman take an elder than herself, so wears she to him, so sways she level in her husband's heart. For boy, however we do praise ourselves, our fancies are more giddy and unfirm, more longing, wavering, sooner lost and worn than women's are. I think it well, my lord. Then let thy love be younger than thyself, or thy affection cannot hold the bent. For women are as roses, whose fair flower, being once displayed, doth fall that very hour. And so they are, alas that they are so, to die even when they to perfection grow. We enter Curio and Clown. Ah, fellow, come, the song we had last night. Market Cesario, it is old and plain. The spinsters and the knitters in the sun and the free maids that weave their thread with bones do use to chant it. it do use to chant it. It, uh, it is silly sooth and dallies with the innocence of love like the old age. Are you ready, sir? I pray you sing. Let me be laid. Fly away, fly away, breath. I am slain by a fair, cruel maid. My shroud of mine stuck all with you. Oh, prepare it. My part of death, no one so true. Dishare it. Not a flower, not a flower sweet, on my black coffin let there be strown. Not a friend, not a friend greet, my poor corpse where my bones shall be thrown. A thousand, thousand sighs to save, pay me aware. Sad true lover, never find my grave to weep there. There's for thy pains. No pain, sir. I take pleasure in singing, sir. I'll pay thy pleasure then. Truly, sir, and pleasure will be paid one time or another. Give me now leave to leave thee. Now the melancholy god protect thee, and the tailor make thy doublet of changeable taffeta, for thy mind is a very opal. I would have men of such constancy put to sea, that their business might be everything and their intent everywhere. For that it is always makes a good voyage of nothing. Farewell. Exit. Let all the rest give place. Curio and attendants retire. Once more, Cesario. Get thee to yon same sovereign cruelty. Tell her, my love, more noble than the world, prizes not quantity of dirty lands, the parts that fortune hath bestowed upon her. Tell her I hold as giddily as fortune. 
And tis that miracle and queen of gems that nature pranks her in, attracts my soul. But if she cannot love you, sir... I cannot be so answered. Sooth, but you must. Say that some lady, as perhaps there is, hath for your love as great a pang of heart as you have for Olivia. You cannot love her, you tell her so. Must she then not be answered? There is no woman's sides can bide the beating of so strong a passion as love doth give my heart. No woman's heart so big to hold so much. They lack retention. Alas, their life, love may, may be called appetite. No motion of the liver, but the palate, that suffer, surfeit, cloyment, and revolt. But mine is all as hungry as the sea, and can digest as much. Make no compare between that love a woman can bear me, and that I owe Olivia. Ay, but I know. What dost thou know? Too well what love women to men may owe. In faith they are as true of heart as we. My father had a daughter, loved a man, as it might be, perhaps, were I a woman, I should your lordship. And what's her history? A blank, my lord. She never told her love, but let concealment, like a worm in the bud, feed on her damask cheek. She pined in thought, and with green and yellow melancholy, she sat like patience on a monument, smiling at grief. Was this not love indeed? We men may say more, swear more, but indeed our shows are more than will, for still we prove much in our vows, but little in our love. But died thy sister of her love, my boy. I am all the daughters of my father's house, and all the brothers, too. Yet I know not. Sir, shall I to this lady? Aye, that's the theme. <clears throat> uh, to her in haste, give her this jewel. Say, my love can give no place. Bide no dinay. Exempt. Scene five, Olivia's garden. Enter Sir Toby Belch, Sir Andrew, and Fabian. Come thy ways, Sir Signor Fabian. Nay, I'll come. If I lose a scruple of this sport, let me be boiled to death with melancholy. Wouldst thou not be glad to have the miserly rascally sheep biter come by some notable shame? I would exalt, man. You know, he brought me out of favor with my lady about a bear baiting here. To anger him, we'll have the bear again, and we will fool him black and blue. Shall we not, Sir Andrew? And we do not. It is the pity of our lives. Oh, here comes the little villain. How now, metal of India. Get all three ye to the box tree. Malvolio's coming down this walk. He has been yonder in the sun, practicing his behavior to his own shadow this half hour. Observe him for the love of mockery. <laughs> for I know this letter will make a con contemplative idiot of him. Close, in the name of jesting. Lie thou there. Throws down the letter. Here comes the trout that must be caught with tickling. Exit. Enter Malvolio. This is the fortune. All is fortune. Maria once told me she did affect me, and I have heard herself come thus near that, should she fancy, it should be one of my complexion. And besides, she uses me with a more exalted respect than anyone else that follows her. <laughs> what should I think on it? She is an overweening rogue. Oh, peace! Contemplation makes a rare turkey cock of him. How he jets under his advanced plumes. Slight. I could so beat the rogue. To be Count Malvolio? Ah, rogue. <laughs> Pistol him. 
pistol him. Please. There is example for it. The lady of the street, she married the yeoman of the wardrobe. Eye on him, Jezebel. Oh, peace. Now he's deeply in. Look how imagination blows him. Having been three months married to her, sitting in my state. Oh, for a stone bow to hit him in the eye. Calling my officers about me. In my branched mm, velvet gown. <laughs> having come from a daybed where I have left Olivia sleeping. Fire and brimstone. Oh, peace, peace. And then to have the humor of state and uh, after um, demure, travel of regard, telling them I know my place as I would they should do theirs. To call from my kinsman, Toby. Bolts and shackles! Oh, peace, peace, peace. Now, now. Seven, seven of my people with an obedient start make out for him. I frown the while and perchance wind up my watch or play with my some rich jewel. Ma, <laughs> Toby approaches, curtsies there to me. Shall this fellow live? Though our silence be drawn, drawn from us with cars, yet peace. I extend my hands to him thus, quenching my familiar Smile with an austere regard of control. And does not Toby take you a blow of the lips then? Saying, Cousin Toby, my fortunes having cast me on your knees, give me this prerogative of speech. What? What? You must amend your drunkenness. Out! Scab! Nay, patience, or we break the sinews of our plot. Besides, you waste the treasure of your time with a foolish night. Oh, oh, that's me, that's me, I warrant you. <laughs> One Sir Andrew. I knew twas I, for many do call me fool. What employment have we here? Taking up the letter. Now is the woodcock near the gin. Oh, peace, and the spirit of humor intimate reading aloud to him. By my life. This is my lady's hand. These be her very C's, her U's, and her T's, and thus makes she her great P's. It is in contempt of question, her hand. Her C's, her U's, and her T's? Why is that? To the unknown beloved? This and my good wishes, her very phrases, by your leave wax soft. But the impression her look, her Lucrece, with which she uses to seal, tis my lady. But to whom, to whom should this be? This wins him, liver and all. Jove knows I love, but who? Lips do not move. No man must know, no man must know what follows the numbers altered. No man must know if this should be thee, Malvolio. Very handy, Brock. Uh, I may command where I adore, 
But silence like a Lucrece knife with bloodless stroke, my heart doth gore, mo-a-i doth sway my, M-O-A-I doth sway my life. A Faustian riddle. Excellent wench, say I. M. Hmm. Oh. A. I. Moi. I. Moi. I. M O A I dot sway my life. Nay, but let let me see. Let me see. What dish of poison has she dressed him? <laughs> what wing the staniel checks in it? I may command where I adore. Why, she may command me. I serve her. She is my lady. Why, this is evident to any formal capacity. Now, there is no obstruction in this. In the end. What should that alphabetical position portend if I could make that resemble something in me? Softly. Moe. Moai. Mo. Oh my, make up that. He is now at a cold scent. Outer will cry upon it for all this, though it be as rank as a fox. M, Malvolio, M. Why, that begins my name. Did not I say he would work it out? The cur is excellent at faults. M. M. M, 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 M. But there is no consonancy in the sequel. That suffers under probation. A should follow, but O does. And O shall end, I hope. Aye, or I'll cuddle him and make him cry, oh. And then I comes behind. Aye, and you had an eye behind you. You might see more detraction at your heels than fortunes before you. <laughs> M-O-A-I. This simulation is not as the former. And yet, to crush this a little, it would bow to me. For every one of these letters are in my name. Soft! Mm, here, 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 here comes prose. Here follows prose. <laughs> if this fall into thy hand, revolve. In my stars I am above thee, but be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, huh? Some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Thy fates open their hands. Let thy blood and spirit embrace them, and to uh, inure thyself to what thou art like to be, cast thy humble and appear fresh. Oh, be thou uh, be opposite with the kinsmen, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity. Uh, she thus advises thee that sighs for thee. Uh, remember who commended thy yellow stockings. Huh. 
and wish to see thee ever cross-gartered. I say, remember, go to, thou art made, if thou desirest to be so. If not, let me see thee steward still. The fellow of servants are not worthy to touch fortune's finger. Farewell, she that would alter services with thee, the fortunate unhappy day, day, daylight and champagne discovers not more this is open i will be proud i will read politic authors i will baffle sir toby i will Wash off gross acquaintance. I will be point device, the very man I do not now fool myself to let imagination jade me for every reason excites to this that my lady loves me. She she did commend my yellow stockings of late. She did praise my leg being cross-gartered. And in this, she manifests herself to my love and with a kind of injunction drives me to these habits of her liking. I thank my stars. I'm happy. Huh. <laughs> I, I will be strange, stout in yellow stockings and cross-gartered, even with the swiftness of putting on Jove and my stars be praised. Here is yet a postscript. <laughs> thou, thou canst not choose but know who I am. <laughs> if thou entertainst my love, <laughs> let it appear in thy smiling. Thy smiles become thee well. Huh? Therefore, in my presence, still smile, dear my sweet, I prithee. Jove, I thank thee. I, I, I will. I will smile. I will do everything that thou wilt have me. Ah! Exit. I will not give my part of this sport for a pension of thousands to be paid from the Sophie. I could marry this wench for this device. So could I too. And that's no dowry with her, but such another jest. Nor I neither. Here comes my noble gull catcher. Oh, enter Mariah. Woo! thou set thy foot on my neck? Or, or mine. Mine either. Shall I play my freedom at trade trip and become thy bond slave? In faith, or I either? What? Thou hast put him into such a dream that when the image of it leaves him, he must run mad. Nay, but say true. 
Does it work upon him? Like aqua vitae with a midwife. <laughs> if you will then see the fruits of the sport, mark his first support. Mark his first approach before my lady. He will come to her in yellow stockings. Tis a color she abhors. And cross-gartered, a fashion she detests. And he will smile upon her, which will now be so unsuitable to her disposition, being addicted to melancholy as she is, that it cannot but turn him into a noble contempt. <laughs> if you will see it, follow me. To the gates of Tartar, thou an excellent devil of wit. I'll make one too. <laughs> Excellent. Act three, scene one, Olivia's garden. Enter Viola and clown with a tabor. Save thee, friend, and thy music. Dost thou live by thy tabor? No, sir, I live by the church. Art thou a churchman? Not such matter, sir. I do live by the church, for I do live at my house, and my house doth stand by the church. So thou mayst say the king lies by a beggar if a beggar dwell near him, or the church stands by thy tabor if thy tabor stand by the church? You have said, sir, to see this age, a sentence is but a chevril glove to a good wit. How quickly the wrong side may be turned outward. Nay, that's certain. They that dally nicely with words may quickly make them wanton. I would, therefore, my sister had had no name, sir. Why, man? Why, sir, her name's a word, and to dally with that word might make my sister wanton. <laughs> but indeed, words are very rascals since bonds disgraced them. Thy reason, man. Troth, sir, I can give you none without words, and words are grown so false I am loath to prove reason with them. I warrant thou art a merry fellow and carest for nothing. Not so, uh, sir, I do care for something. But in my conscience, sir, I do not care for you, if that be to care for nothing, sir. I, I, would, if I would, it would make you invisible. <laughs> Art not thou the Lady Olivia's fool? Uh, no, indeed, sir. The uh, Lady Olivia has no folly. She will keep no fool, sir, till she be married, and fools are as like husbands as pilchards are to herrings. The husband's the bigger. I am indeed not her fool, but her um, corrupter of words. I saw thee late at the Count Orsino's. A foolery, sir, does not walk, does walk about the orb like the sun. It shines everywhere. I would be sorry, sir, but the fool should be as oft with your master as with my mistress. I think I saw your wisdom there. Nay, and thou pass upon me, I'll no more with thee. Hold, there's expenses for thee. Now Jove, in his next commodity of hair, send thee a beard. Uh, by my troth, I'll tell thee, I am almost sick for one, though I would not have it grow upon my chin. Is thy lady within? Would not a pair of these have bread, sir? Yes, being kept together and put to use. I would play Lord Pandarus of Phrygia, sir, to bring a Crusader to thy Troilus. <laughs> I understand you, sir, tis well begged. The matter, I hope, is not great, sir, begging but a beggar. Crescida was a beggar. Uh, my lady is within, sir. Uh, I will construe to them once you come. Who you are and what you would are out of my welkin. <laughs> I might say element, but the word is overworn. Exit. This fellow is wise enough to play the fool, and to do that well craves a kind of wit. He must observe their mood on whom he jests, the quality of persons and the time, and like the haggard, check at every feather that comes before his eye. 
This is a practice as full of labor as a wise man's art, for folly that he wisely shows is fit, but wise men, folly, fallen, quite taint their wit. Enter Sir Toby Belt and Sir Andrew. Save you, gentlemen. And you, sir. monsieur. Et vous aussi, votre serviteur. I hope, sir, you are. And <laughs> I am yours. Will you encounter the house? Uh, my niece's desires you should enter, if your trade be to her. I am bound to your niece, sir. I, I mean, she is the list of my voyage. Taste your legs, sir. Put them into motion. My legs do better understand me, sir, than I understand what you mean by bidding me taste my legs. I mean to go, sir, to enter. I will answer you with gate and entrance, but we are prevented. Enter Olivia and Mariah. Most excellent and accomplished lady, the heavens rain odors on you. That youth's a rare courtier. Rain odors. Well. My matter hath no voice, but to your own most pregnant and vouchsafed ear. Odors. Pregnant and vouchsafed. I'll get them all three are already. Let the garden door be shut and leave me to my hearing. Exit Sir Toby Belch, Sir Andrew, and Mariah. Give me your hand, sir. My duty, madam, and most humble service. What is your name? Cesario is your servant's name, fair princess. My servant, sir? Twas never merry world since lowly feigning was called compliment. Your servant to the Count Orsino youth. And he is yours, and his must needs be yours. Your servant's servant is your servant, madam. For him I think not on him. For his thoughts would they were blanks rather than filled with me. Madam, I come to wet your gentle thoughts on his behalf. Oh, by your leave, I pray you. I bade you never speak of him again. But would you undertake another suit? I had rather hear you to solicit that than music from the spheres. Dear lady, give me leave, beseech you. I did send, after that last enchantment you did hear, a ring in chase of you. So did I abuse myself, my servant, and I fear me you. Under your hard construction must I sit to force that on you in a shameful cunning which you knew none of yours. What might you think? Have you not set mine honor at the stake and baited it with all that unmuzzled thoughts that tyrannous heart can think? To one of your receiving, enough is shown, a cypress, not a bosom, hideth my heart. Let me hear you speak. I pity you. Oh, that's a degree to love. No, not a grise, for it is a vulgar proof that very oft we pity enemies. Why, then, methinks tis time to smile again. Oh, world, how apt the poor are to be proud. If one should be a prey, how much the better to fall before the lion than the wolf. Clock strikes. The clock upbraids me with the waste of time. Be not afraid, good youth, I will not have you. And yet... When wit and youth is come to harvest, you were, you were is alike to reap a proper man. There lies your way, due west. And westward ho, grace and good disposition attend your ladyship. You'll nothing, madam, to my lord by me. Stay, I prithee tell me 
what you thinkest of me. Uh, that you do think you are not what you are. I, if I think so, I think the same of you. Then you think right, I am not what I am. I would you were as I would have you be. Would it be better, madam, than I am? I wish it might, for now I am your fool. Oh, what a deal of scorn looks beautiful in the contempt and anger of his lip. A murderous guilt shows not itself more soon than love that would seem hid. Love's night is noon. Cesario, by the roses of the spring, by maidhood, honor, truth, and everything, I love thee so that murder all thy pride, nor wit nor reason can my passion hide. Do not extort thy reasons from this clause, for that I woo thou therefore hast no cause, but rather reason thus with reason fetter. Love sought is good, but given unsought is better. By innocence I swear, and by my youth, I have one heart, one bosom, and one truth, and that no woman has, nor never none shall mistress be of it, save I alone. And so adieu, good madam. Nevermore will I my master's tears to you deplore. Yet come again, for thou perhaps mayst move that heart which now abhors to like his love. Exit. Scene two, Olivia's house. Enter Sir Toby Belch, Sir Andrew, and Fabian. Mm -mm. No faith, I'll not stay a jot longer. Thy reason, dear Venom, give thy reason. You must needs yield your reason, Sir Andrew. Mary, I saw your niece do more favors to the Count's serving man than ever she bestowed upon me. I saw it in the orchard. Did she see the, thee the while, old boy? Tell me that. As plain as I see you now. This was a great argument of love in her toward you. Slight, will you make an ass of me? I will prove it legitimate, sir, upon the oaths of judgment and reason. And they have been grand jurymen since before Noah was a sailor. She did show favor to the youth in your sight only to exasperate you, to awake your dormouse valor, to put fire in your heart and brimstone in your liver. You should then have accosted her. And with some excellent jests, fire new from the mint, you should have banged the youth into dumbness. This was looked for at your hand, and this was balked. The double guilt of this opportunity you let time wash off and are now sailed into the north of my lady's opinion, where you will hang like an icicle on a Dutchman's beard. Unless you do redeem it by some laudable attempt either of valor or policy. And it be any way, it must be with valor. For policy I hate. I had as lief be a brownest, a brownest as a politician. Why then, build me thy fortunes upon the basis of valor. Challenge me the Count's youth to fight with him, hurt him in eleven places. My niece shall take note of that, and assure thyself, there is no love broker in the world can more prevail in men's commendation with women than report of valor. There is no way but this, Sir Andrew. All right. Will, will either of you bear me a challenge to him? Go, write in a martial hand. Be cursed and brief. It is no matter how witty, so it be eloquent and fun of invention, and should be full of invention. Taunt him with license of ink. If thou thoughtest him, if thou, if, if thou thouest him thrice, it shall not be amiss. And as many lies as will lie in the sheet of paper, although the sheet were big enough for the bed of ware in England, set him down. Go, about it. There shall be gall enough in thy ink. Thou 
though thou write with the goose pin, no matter about it. Uh, where, where shall I find you? Uh, we'll call thee at the cubiculo. Go. Exit Sir Andrew. This is a dear mannequin to you, Sir Toby. I have been dear to him, lad, some 2,000 strong or so. We shall have a rare letter from him, but you'll not deliver it. Never trust me then, and by all means stir on the youth to give an answer. I think oxen and wain ropes cannot hail them together. For Andrew, if he were opened and you find so much blood in his liver as will clog the foot of a flea, I'll eat the rest of the anatomy. And his opposite, the youth, bears in his visage no great presage of cruelty. Look, Enter Mariah. where the youngest wren of nine comes. <laughs> if you desire the spleen and will laugh yourself into stitches, follow me. Beyond, Gaul Malvolio is turned heathen, a very renegado, for there is no Christian that means to be saved by believing rightly can ever believe such impossible passages of grossness. He's in yellow stockings. And cross-guarded? Most villainously! <laughs> like a pedant that keeps a school in the church. I have dogged him, like his murderer. He does obey every point of the letter that I drop to betray him. He does smile his face into more lines than is the new map of the augmentation of the Indies. You have not seen such a thing as tis. I can hardly forbear hurling things at him. <laughs> I know my lady will strike him. If she do, he'll smile and take it for a great favor. <laughs> Come, bring us, bring us where he is. Exempt. Scene three, a street. Enter Sebastian, now played by Tori, and Antonio. <laughs> I would not by my will have troubled you, but since you make your pleasure of your pain but since you make your pleasure of your pains, I will no further chide you. I could not stay behind you. My desire more sharp than filed steel did spur me forth. And not all love to see you, though so much as might have drawn one to a longer voyage, but je jealousy what might befall your travel, being skillless in these parts, which to a stranger, unguided and unfriended, often prove rough and unhospitable. My willing love, the rather by these arguments of fear, set forth in your pursuit. My kind Antonio, I can no other answer make but thanks and thanks. And ever oft good turns are shuffled off with such uncurrent pay. But were my worth as is my conscience firm, you should find better dealing. What's to do? Shall we go see the, the relics of this town? Tomorrow, sir. Best first go see our lodging. I am not weary, and tis long tonight. I pray you, let us satisfy our eyes with the memorials and the things of fame that do renown this city. Would you'll pardon me? I do not without danger walk these streets. Once, in a sea fight against the Count and his galleys, I did some service of such note indeed that were I tain here, it would scarce be answered. Belike you slew great number of his people. Uh, uh, the offense was not of such a bloody nature. Albeit the quality of the time and quarrel might well have given us bloody argument, it might be, it might have since been answered in repaying what we took from them, which, for traffic's sake, most of our city did. Only myself stood out, for which, if I be lapsed in this place, I shall pay dear. Do not then walk too open. Uh, it doth not fit me. Uh, hold, sir. Here's my purse. 
In the south suburbs at the Elephant is best to lodge. I will bespeak our diet, whilst you beguile the time and feed your knowledge with viewing of the town. There shall you have me. I eye your purse. Oh, haply or I shall light upon some toy you have desire to purchase, and your store, I think, is not for idle markets, sir. I'll be your purse bearer and leave you for an hour. To the elephant. I do remember. Excellent. Scene four, Olivia's garden. Enter Olivia and Mariah. I have sent after him. He says he'll come. How shall I feast him? What bestow of him? For youth is bought more oft than begged or borrowed. I speak too loud. Where's Malvolio? Is he sad and civil? And suits well for a servant with my fortunes? Where is Malvolio? He's coming, madam, but in a very strange manner. He is sure possessed, madam. Why, what's the matter? Does he rave? No, madam, he does nothing but smile. Your ladyship were best to have some guard about you if he come, for sure the man is tainted in swits. Go call him hither. Exit Mariah. I am as mad as he, if sad and merry madness equal be. Re-enter Mariah with Malvolio. Oh, now Malvolio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet lady. Ho, ho. Smilest thou. I sent for thee upon a sad occasion. Sad lady, I could be sad. This does make some obstruction in the blood, this cross-gartering. But what of that? If it please the eye of one, it is with me as the very sonnet is. Please one and please all. Why, Draw how dost thou, man? What is it the matter with thee? Ay, not black in my mind, though yellow in my leg. It did come to his hand, and commands shall be executed. I think we do know the sweet Roman hand. Wilt thou go to bed, Malvolio? To bed? I, sweet heart, I, 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 I'll come to thee. <laughs> God, comfort thee. Why dost thou smile so and kiss thy hand so oft? How do you, Malvolio? Uh, at, your, at your request, yes. Nightingales answer Dawes. Why appear you with this ridiculousness before my lady? Be not afraid of greatness. Tis well writ. What meanest thou by that, Malvolio? Some are born great. <laughs> some achieve greatness. What sayst thou? And some have achievedness crossed upon them. Restore thee. Oh, remember who commended thy yellow stockings? The yellow stockings. And wish to see the ever cross gartered. Cross gartered. Go to, thou art made if thou desirest to be so. Am I made? If not, let me see the ace steward still! Why, this is very midsummer madness. <laughs> Enter servant. Oh no. What happened? <laughs> Madam, the young gentleman of the Candorcinos is returned. I could hardly entreat him back. He attends your ladyship's pleasure. I'll come to him. Exit servant. 
Good Maria, let this fellow be looked to. Where's my cousin Toby? Let some of my people have a special care of him. I would not have him miscarry for the half of my dowry. Exit Olivia and Maria. I. <laughs> Do you come near me now? No worse man than Sir Toby to look to me. This can curse directly with the letter. She says upon purpose that I may appear stubborn to him, for she incites me to that in the letter. Cast thy humble slough, says she, who be opposite with a kinsman, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang with arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity, and consequently sets down the manner how, as a sad, Sad face, a reverend carriage, a slow tongue in the habit of some sir of note, and so forth. I have limed her. But it is Jove's doing, and Jove's make me thankful. And when she went away now, let this fellow be looked to. Fellow, not Malvolio, no, no, not after my degree, but fellow. <laughs> Why, everything adheres together. Why, no drama of a scruple, no scruple of a scruple, no obstacle, nor incredulous or unsafe circumstance. What can be said? Nothing that can be can come between me and the full prospect of my hopes. Well, Jove, not I, is the doer of this, and he is to be thanked. Why? Re-enter Mariah with Sir Toby Belch and Fabian. Which way is he? In the name of sanctity! If all the devils be of hell be drawn in little, and Legion himself possess them, yet I'll speak to him. Here he is, here he is. How is't with you, sir? How is't with you, man? Go off! I discard you. Let me enjoy my private. Go off! Lo, how hollow the fiend speaks within him! Did not I tell you? Sir Toby, my lady prays you to have care of him. <laughs> Does she so? Woo! Go to, go to, peace, peace. We must deal gently with him. Let me alone. How do you, Malvolio? How is it with you? What man? Defy the devil. Consider he's an enemy to mankind. Do you know what you say? La, you, and you speak ill of the devil, how he takes it at heart. Pray God he be not bewitched. Carry his water to the wise woman. Mary, it shall be done tomorrow morning if I live. My lady would not lose him for more than I'll say. Now, now, mistress. Oh, Lord. Prithee, hmm? hold thy peace. This is not the way. Do you not see, do you not see you move him? Let me alone with him. No way but gentleness. Gently, gently. The fiend is rough and will not be roughly used. Why? How now, my ball cock? <laughs> How dost thou, Chuck? Mm, sir, ha! I, be, come with me. What man? Do not for gravity to play at cherry pit with Satan. Hang him, foul collier. Get him to say his prayers, good Sir Toby. Get him to pray. My prayers, minx. No, I warn you, he will not hear of godliness. Go, hang yourselves, all. You are idle, shallow things. I am not of your element. 
you shall know more hereafter. Exactly. <laughs> it's possible. If this were played upon a stage now, I could condemn it as an improbable fiction. His very genius hath taken the infection of the device, man. Hey, pursue him now, lest the device take air and taint. Why, we shall make him mad indeed. Yeah, the house will be the quieter. Come, we'll have him in a dark room and bound. My niece is already in the belief that he's mad. We may carry it thus, for our pleasure in his penance, till our very pastime, tired out of breath, prompt us to have mercy on him. At which time we will bring the device to the bar and crown thee for a binder of madmen. But see, but see! Enter Sir Andrew. More matter for a May morning. All right. Here's the challenge. Read it. Warrant there's vinegar and pepper in it. Is it so saucy? I. it is. So I warrant him do but read. Uh, g- give me, give me. Reads. Youth. Whatsoever thou art, thou art uh, but a scurvy fellow. Good and valiant. Wonder not, nor admire not in thy mind why I do call thee so, for I will show thee no reason for it. A good note that keeps you from the blow of the law. Thou comest to the Lady Olivia, and in my sight she used thee kindly, but thou liest in thy throat. That is no matter. I challenge thee for... Very brief, and to exceeding good sense, Bliss. I will waylay thee going home, where if it be thy chance to kill me. Good. Thou killst me like a rogue and a villain. Still, you keep on the windy side of the law. Good. Fare thee well, and God have mercy upon one of our souls. He may have mercy upon mine, but my hope is better, and so look to thyself. Thy friend, as thou usest him, and thy sworn enemy, Andrew Aguecheek. If this letter move him not, his legs cannot. I'll give him. You may have very fit occasion for it. He's now in some commerce with my lady and will by and by depart. Go, Sir Andrew. Scout me for him in the corner of the orchard like a bum bailey. So soon as ever thou seest him, draw. And as thou drawest him, swear horrible. For it comes to pass off that a terrible oath with a swaggering accent sharply twinged off gives manhood more approbation than ever proof itself would have earned him. Away! Nay, let me alone for swearing. Exit. Now, now will I not deliver this letter, for the behavior of the young gentleman gives him out to be of good capacity and breeding. His employment between my lord, his lord and my niece confirms no less. Therefore, this letter, being so excellently ignorant, will breed no terror in the youth. He will find it comes from a clod pole. But, sir, I will deliver his challenge by word of mouth. Set upon Aguchik a notable report of valor, and drive the gentleman, as I know this youth will aptly receive it, into a most hideous opinion of his rage, skill, fury, and impetuosity. This will so fright him that they both will look, they, that, that them both, that they will kill one another by the look, like cockatrices. We enter Olivia with Viola. Here he comes with your niece. Give them way till he take leave, and presently after him. I will meditate a while upon some horrid message for a challenge. Exit Sir Toby Belch, Fabian, and Mariah. I've said too much unto a heart of stone and laid mine honor to uncherry out. There's something in me that reproves my fault, but such a headstrong potent fault it is that is but mocks reproof. With the same havior that your passion bears goes on my master's grief. Here, wear this jewel for me. Tis my picture. Refuse it not, it hath no tongue to vex you, and I beseech you come again tomorrow. What shall you ask of me that I'll deny? 
that honor saved may upon asking give? Nothing but this, your true love for my master. How with mine honor may I give him that which I have given to you? I will acquit you. He'll come again tomorrow, fare thee well. A fiend like thee might bear my soul to hell. Exit. Re-enter Sir Toby Belch and Fabian. Gentlemen, God save you. End view, sir. That defense thou hast, betake thee to it. Of what nature the wrongs are thou hast done him, I know not. But thy interceptor, full of despite, bloody as the hunter, attends thee at the orchard end. Dismount thy tuck, be yare in thy preparation, for thy assailant is quick, skillful, and deadly. You mistake, sir. I am sure no man hath any quarrel to me. My remembrance is very free and clear of any image of offence done to any man. You'll find it otherwise, I assure you. Therefore, if you hold your life at any price, betake you to your guard. For your opposite hath in him what your strength, skill, and wrath can furnish man withal. I pray you, sir, what is he? He is a knight, dubbed with unhatched rapier and on carpet consideration. But he is a devil in private brawl. Souls and bodies have the force three. And his incensement at this moment is so implacable that satisfaction can be none. But by pangs of death and sepulchre, hobnob is the word. Give it or take it. I will return again into the house and desire some conduct of the lady. I am no fighter. I have heard of some kind of men that put quarrels purposely on others to taste their valor. Be like, this is a man of that quirk. So no, his indignation derives itself out of the very competent injury. Therefore, get you on and give him his desire. Back you shall not to the house, unless you undertake that with me, which with as much safety as you might answer him. Therefore, on and strip your sword stark naked. For meddle you must, that's certain. Or forswear to wear iron about you. This is as uncivil as strange. I beseech you, do me this courteous office as to know of the knight what my offense to him is. It is something of my negligence, nothing of my purpose. I will do so. Signor Fabian, stay you by this gentleman to my return. Exit. Pray you, sir, do you know of this matter? I know the knight is incensed against you, even to a mortal arbitrament, but nothing of the circumstance more. I beseech you, what manner of man is he? Nothing of that wonderful promise to read him by his form as you are like to find him in the proof of his valor. He is indeed, sir, the most skillful, bloody, and fatal opposite that you could possibly have found in any part of Illyria. Will you walk towards him? I will make your peace with him if I can. I shall be much bound to you for it. I am one that had rather go with Sir Priest than Sir Knight. I care not who knows so much of my mettle. Excellent. Re-enter Toby and Andrew. Why, man, he's a very devil. I have not seen such a farrago. I have a pass with him, rapier, scabbard, and all, and he gives me the stuck in with such a mortal motion that it is inevitable. And on the answer, he pays you as surely as your feet hit the ground. They step on. They say he has been a fencer to the Sophie. Coxon, it'll not meddle with him. Aye, but he will now not be pacified. Fabian can scarce hold him yonder. Plague on... And I thought he'd been valiant and so cunning in fence. I'd have seen him damned ere I'd have challenged him. Uh, let him let the matter slip, and I'll give him my horse, Gray Capulet. I'll make the motion, and stand here, make a good show on it. This shall end without the perdition of souls. Mary, I'll ride your horse as well as I ride you. Re-enter Fabian to, and Viola. I have his horse to take up the quarrel. I have persuaded him the youth's a devil. 
he is as horribly conceited of him and pants and looks pale as if a bear were at his heels. Oh. No remedy, sir. He will fight with you for oath's sake. Mary, he hath better be thought of him of his quarrel, and he finds that now scarce to be worth talking of. Therefore draw for the supportance of his vow. He protests, protest, he protests he will not hurt you. Oh, pray God, defend me. A little thing would make me tell them how much I lack of a man. Give ground if you see him furious. Come, Sir Andrew, there's no remedy. The gentleman will, for his honor's sake, have one bout with you. He cannot by the duello avoid it, but he has promised me, as he is, as he is a gentleman and soldier, he will not hurt you. Come on, do it. Pray God he keep his oath. I do assure you, tis against my will. They draw. Enter Antonio. Ah, put up your sword! This young gentleman have done offense, I take the fault on me. If you offend him, I, for him, defy you. You, sir, why, what are you? One, sir, that for his love dares yet do more than you have heard him brag to you, he will. Nay, if you be an undertaker, I am for you. They draw. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, <laughs> good Sir Toby, hold! Here comes the officers. Enter officers. Hey, sir, put up your sword, if you please. Mary, will I, sir, and for that I promised you, I'll be as good as my word. He will bear you easily as reigns well. This is the man, do thy office. Antonio, I arrest thee at the suit of Count Orsino. You do mistake me, sir. No, sir, no, John, I know your favor well. Though now you have no sea cap on your head. Take him away! He knows I know him well. I must obey. This comes with seeking you. If there's no rem remedy, I shall answer it. What will you do? Now my necessity makes me ask you for my purse. It grieves me much more for what I cannot do for you than what befalls myself. You stand amazed. But be of comfort. Come, sir, away. I must entreat of you some of that money. Uh, what money, sir? For the fair kindness you have showed me here, and part being prompted by your present trouble, out of my lean and low ability, I'll, I'll lend you something. My having is not much. I'll make division of my present with you. Hold, uh, here's half my coffer. Will you deny me now? Is it possible that my deserts to you can lack persuasion? Do not tempt my misery, lest it make me so unsound a man as to upbraid you with those kindnesses that I have done for you. I know of none, nor know I you by any voice or any feature. I hate ingratitude more in a man than lying, vainness, babbling, drunkenness, or any taint of vice whose strong corruption inhabits our frail blood. Oh, the heavens themselves. Come, sir, I pray you, go. Let me speak a little. This youth that you see here, I snatched one half out of the jaws of death. Relieved him, and with such sanctity of love, and to his image, which methought did promise most venerable worth, did I devotion. That's to us. The time goes by. Away. Oh, but how, but oh, how vile and idle proves this God thou hast, Sebastian. Done good feature shame. In nature there's no blemish but the mind. None can be called deformed but the unkind. Virtue is beauty, but the beauteous evil are empty trunks over The man grows mad. Away with him. Come, come, sir. Lead me on. Exit with officers. Methinks his words do from such passion fly that he believes himself. So do not I. 
prove true, imagination. Oh, prove true that I, dear brother, be now tan for you. Come hither, knight. Come hither, Fabian. We'll whisper a couplet of two of most sage saws. Be named Sebastian. I, my brother, know, yet living in my glass, even such and so in favor was my brother. And he went still in this fashion, color, ornament, for him I imitate. Oh, if it prove, tempests are kind and salt waves fresh in love. Exit. A very dishonest paltry boy, and more a coward than a hare. His dishonesty appears in leaving his friend here in necessity and denying him. And for his cowardship, ask Fabian. A coward, a most devout coward, religious in it. Slid, I'll after him again and beat him. Do, cuff him soundly, but never draw thy sword. And I do not. Come, let's see the event. I dare I dare lay any money twill be nothing yet. <laughs> Exit. Act four, scene one, before Olivia's house. Enter Sebastian and Clown. Will you make me believe that I am not sent for you? Go to. Go to. Thou art a foolish fellow. Let me be clear of thee. Well held out in faith. No, I do not know you, nor I am not sent to you by my lady to bid you come speak with her. No, your name is not Master Cesario, nor is this not my nose, neither. Nothing that is so is so. I prithee, vent thy folly somewhere else. Thou knowst not me. Vent my folly? He has heard that word of some great man and now applies it to a fool. Vent my folly. I'm afraid this great lubber, the world, will prove a cockney. I prithee now, ungird thy strangeness and tell me what I shall vent to my lady. Shall I vent to her that thou art coming? I prithee, foolish Greek, depart from me. There's money for thee. If you tarry longer, I shall give worse payment. By my troth, thou hast an open hand. These wise men that gives fools money get themselves a good report after 14 years' purchase. Enter Andrew, Toby, and Fabian. Now, sir, have I met you again. There's for you. Where did I go? Why, there's for thee. And there. And there. Are all the people mad? Old sir, I'll throw your dagger over the house. This will I tell my lady straight. I would not be in some of your coats for two pence. Exit. Come on, sir, hold. Nay, let him alone. I'll go another way to work with him. I'll have an action of battery against him if there be any law in Illyria. Though I struck him first, yet it's no matter for that. Let go thy hand. Come, sir, I will not let go. Come, my young soldier, put up your iron. You are well fleshed. Come on. I will be free from thee. What wouldst thou now? If thou darest tempt me further, draw thy sword. What? What? Now then, I must have an ounce or two of thy malapit blood from you. <laughs> Enter oh. Olivia. Toby, on thy life, I charge thee, hold. Madam. Will it be ever thus ungracious? Wretch, fit for the mountains and the barbarous caves where manners ne'er were preached. Out of my sight. Be not offended, dear Cesario. Rudesby, be gone. Exit Sir Toby, Andrew, and Fabian. I pray thee, gentle friend, 
Let thy fair wisdom, not thy passion, sway in this uncivil and thou unjust extent against thy peace. Go with me to my house, and hear thou there how many fruitless pranks this ruffian hath botched up, that thou thereby mayst smile at this. Thou shalt not choose, but go, do not deny. Be shrew his soul for me. He started one poor heart of mine in thee. What relish is in this? How runs the stream? Or I am mad, or else this is a dream. Let fancy still my sense in leaf deep. If it be thus to dream, still let me sleep. Nay. Come, I prithee, wouldst thou, wouldst thou be ruled by me? Madam, I will. Oh, say so, and so be. Scene two, Olivia's house, enter Mariah and Clown. Nay, I prithee, put on this gown and this beard. Make him believe thou art, thou art Sir Topaz the curate. Do it quickly, I'll call Sir Toby the whilst. Exit. Well, I'll put it on and I will dissemble myself in it. And would I were the first that ever dissembled in such a gown? I'm not tall enough to become the function well, nor lean enough to be thought a good student. But to be said an honest man and a good housekeeper goes as fairly as to say a careful man and a great scholar. The competitors at her. Joe, bless Toby thee, Master Parson. Bonos dias, Sir Toby, for as the old hermit of Prague that never saw pen and ink very wittily said to a niece of King Gorboduc, that 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 is is so I being master parson and master parson. For what is that but that and is but is? Hear to him, Sir Topaz. What ho! I say, peace in this prison. The knave counterfeits well. A good knave. Who calls there? <clears throat> Sir Topaz, the curate who comes to visit Malvolio, the lunatic. Sir Topaz. Uh. Sir Topis, good Sir Topis, go to my lady. Out, hyperbolical fiend, how vexest thou this man? Talkest thou nothing but of ladies? <laughs> well said, Master Parson. Uh, Sir Topis, uh, never was out. man thus wronged. Uh, good Sir Topis, uh, uh, do not think I am mad. Uh, they have laid me here in hideous darkness. Fie, thou dishonest Satan! I call thee by the most modest terms, for I am one of those gentle ones that will use the devil himself with courtesy. Sayest that thou house is dark? As hell, Sir Topas. Why, it hath bay windows transparent as barricados, and the clear stores toward the south north are as lustrous as ebony, and yet complainest thou of obstruction? I am not mad, Sir Topas. I say to you, this house is dark! Madman, thou errest! I hey. say there is no darkness but ignorance, in which thou art more puzzled than the Egyptians in their fog. I say this house is as dark as ignorance, though ignorance were as dark as hell, and I say there was never man thus abused. I am no more mad than you are. Make the trial of it in any constant question. What is the opinion of Pytho Pytho Pythagoras concerning wild fowl? <laughs> that the soul of our grandam might happily inhabit a bird. What thinkest thou of his opinion? I think nobly of the soul, and no way approve his opinion. 
Fare thee well. Remain yeah. thou still in darkness. Thou shalt hold the opinion of Pythagoras ere I will allow of thy wits and fear to kill a woodcock, lest thou dispossess the soul of thy grandam. Fare yeah. thee well. Sir, Sir Topas, Sir Topas, Sir, Sir, Sir Topas. <laughs> My most exquisite Sir Topas. Nay, I am for all waters. Thou mightst have done without this beard and gown. He sees thee not. To him in thine own voice, and bring me word how thou findest him. I would we were well rid of this knavery. If he may be conveniently delivered, I would, I would he were. For now I am so far in offense with my niece that I cannot pursue with any safety this sport to the upshot. Come by and by to my chamber. Exit Toby and Mariah. Hey, Robin, jolly Robin, tell me how thy lady does. Oh, my lady is unkind, Ferdy. Oh. Alas, why is she so? Fool, I say! She loves another one. Who? Who calls her? <laughs> Good fool. As ever thou wilt deserve well at my hand. Help me to a candle and pen, ink and paper. As I am a gentleman, I will live to be thankful to thee for it. Master Malvolio? Aye, good fool. Alas, sir, how fell you beside your five wits? Fool, there was never a man so notoriously abused. I am as well in my wits, fool, as thou art. But as well? Then you are mad indeed if you be no better in your wits than a fool. They have propertied me. Keep me in darkness. Send ministers to me, asses, and do all they can to face me out of my wits. Advise you what you say. The minister is here. Uh, ah. Malvolio, Malvolio, thy wits the heavens restore. Endeavor thyself to sleep and leave thy vain bibble-babble. Mr. Topas? Mount in no words with him, good fellow. Who I, sir? Not I, sir. God be with you. God be with you, good Sir Topas. Uh, Mary, amen. I will, sir. I will. Fool, 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 I say. Alas, sir, be patient. What say you, sir? I am silent for speaking to you. Good fool, help me to some light and some paper. I tell thee, I am as well in my wits as any man in Illyria. Well, a day that you were, sir. By this hand, I am. Good fool, some ink, paper, and light, and convey what I will set down to my lady. It shall advantage thee more than ever the bearing of letter did. I will help you to it, but tell me true, as you are not mad indeed, or do you but counterfeit? Believe me, I am not, I tell thee, true. Nay, I'll never believe a madman till I see his brains. I will fetch you light and paper and ink. Fool, I'll requite it in the highest degree. I prithee be gone. Gone, sir, and anon, sir, I'll be with you again in a trice, like to the old vice you need to sustain. With dagger of laugh in his rage and his wrath, cries a hot to the devil. Like a mad lad, pair the pair thy nails, dad, undo, good man, devil. <laughs> go, damn it, go! <laughs> Exit. Scene three, Olivia's garden, enter Sebastian. Oh, 
it is the air that is the glorious sun this pearl she gave me i do see it i do feel it and see it and though tis wonder that enwraps me thus yet tis not madness where's antonio then i could not find him at the elephant yet there he was and there i found his credit that he did range the town to seek me out he, his counsel now might do me golden service for though my soul disputes well with my sense that this may be some error, but no madness, yet doth this accident and flood of fortune so far exceed all instance, all discourse, that I am ready to distrust mine eyes and wrangle with my reason that persuades me to any other trust but that i am mad or else the lady's mad yet if twere so she could not sway her house command her followers take and give back affairs and their dispatch with such a smooth discreet and stable bearing as i perceive she does there's something in't that is deceivable. But here the lady comes. Enter Olivia and this, priest. Blame not this haste of mine. If you mean well, now go with me and this holy man into the chantry by there before him and underneath that consecrated roof, plight me the full assurance of your faith that my most jealous and too doubtful soul may live at peace. He shall conceal it, Whiles you are willing, it shall come to note. What time we will our celebrations keep according to my birth? What do you say? I'll follow this good man and go with you. And having sworn truth, ever will be true. Then lead the way, good father, and heaven so shine that they may fairly note this act of mine. Exit. Act 5, scene 1, before Olivia's house, enter Clown and Fabian. Now, as thou lovest me, let me see his letter. Would Master Fabian grant me another request? Anything. Do not desire to see this letter. This is to give a dog, and in recompense, desire my dog again. Enter Orsino, Viola, Curio, and Lords. I'm back, baby. Belong you to the Lady Olivia, friends? Aye, sir, we are some of her trappings. I know thee well. How dost thou, my good fellow? Truly, sir, the better for my foes and the worse for my friends. Yes, the contrary, the better for thy friends. Uh, no, sir, the worse. How can that be? Mary, sir, they praise me and make an ass of me, and now my foes tell me plainly I am an ass, so that by my foes, sir, I profit in the knowledge of myself, and by my friends I am abused. So that conclusions to be as kisses, uh, if your four negatives make your two affirmatives, why then, the, the worse for my friends and the better for my foes. Why, this is excellent. 
by my trosser, no, though it please you to be one of my friends. Thou shalt not be the worse for me, there's gold. <laughs> but that would be double dealing, sir. I would you could make it another. Oh, you give me ill counsel. Put your grace in your pocket, sir, for this once, and let your flesh and blood obey it. Well, I will be so much a sinner to be a double dealer. There's another. Primo secundo tertio, it is a good play, and the old saying is, the third pays for all. The triplex, sir, is a good tripping measure, or the bells of St. Bennet, sir, they put you in mind. One, two, three. You can fool no more money out of me at this throw. If you will let your lady know I am to here to speak with her and bring her along with you, it may awake my bounty further. Mary, sir, lullaby to your bounty till I come again. I go, sir, but I would not have you to think that my desire of having is the sin of covetousness. But as you say, sir, let your bounty take a nap. <laughs> I will wake it anon. Exit. Here comes the man, sir, that did rescue me. And your Antonio and officers. The face of his I do remember well. When I saw it last, it was besmeared as black as Vulcan in the smoke of war. A bobbling vessel was he captain of for shallow draft and bulk unprizable, with which such scathful grapple did he make with the most noble bottom of our fleet. Very envy and the tongue of loss cried fame and honor on him. What's the matter? Orsino, this is that Antonio that took the phoenix and her fraught from candy. And this is he that did the tiger board when your young nephew Titus lost his leg. Here in the streets, desperate of shame and state, in private brabble did we apprehend him. He did me kindness, sir, drew on my side, but in conclusion put strange speech upon me. I know not what twas but distraction. Notable pirate, oh salt water thief. What foolish boldness brought thee to, thy, to their mercies, whom thou, in terms so bloody and so dear, hast made thine enemies? Orsino, noble sir, be pleased that I shake off these names you give me. Antonio never yet was thief or pirate, though I confess, on base and ground enough, Orsino's enemy. A witchcraft drew me hither. That most ungrateful boy there by your side, from the rude sea enraged and foamy mouth did I redeem. A wreck, past hope he was. His life I gave him, and did thereto add my love, without retention or restraint. All his in dedication. For his sake did I expose myself, pure for his love into the danger of this adverse. Drew to defend him when he was beset, where, being apprehended, his false cunning, not meaning to partake with me in danger, taught him to face me out of his acquaintance, and grew a twenty years removed thing well one would wink denied me mine own purse which i had recommended to his use not a half an hour before how can this be when he came he to this town today my lord and for three months before no interim not a minute's vacancy both day and night did we keep company ah here comes up oh. <laughs> enter livia in attendance here comes the countess now heaven walks on earth but for thee fellow Fellow, thy words are madness. Three months this youth hath tended upon me. More of that anon. Take him aside. What would my <coughs> lord, but that he may not have, wherein Olivia may seem serviceable? Cesario, you do not keep promise with me. Madam. Gracious Olivia. What do you say, Cesario? Good, my lord. 
my, my lord would speak, my duty hushes me. If it be aught to the old tune, my lord, it is as fat and fulsome as mine ear as howling after music. Still so cruel. Still so constant, lord. What, to, per to per perverseness? You uncivil lady, to whose ingrate and unauspicious altars my soul, the faithfulest offerings, hath breathed out, that e'er devotion tendered, what shall I do? Even what it please, my lord, that shall become him. What should I not, had I the heart to do it, like to the Egyptian thief at point of death, kill what I love? A savage jealousy that sometimes savors nobly, but hear me this. Since you to non-regardance cast my faith, and that I partly know the instrument that screws me from my true place in your favor, live you the marble-breasted tyrant still. But this your minion, whom I know you love, and whom by heaven I swear I tender dearly, him will I tear out of that cruel eye where he sits crowned in his master's spite. Come, boy, with me. My thoughts are ripe in mischief. I'll sacrifice the lamb that I do love to spite a raven's heart within a dove. And I, most jocund, apt and willingly to do you rest a thousand deaths would die. Where goes Cesario? After him I love. More than I love these eyes, more than my life, more by all mores than e'er I shall love wife. If I do feign you witnesses above, punish my life for tainting of my love. I, me detested, how am I beguiled? Who does beguile you? Who does do you wrong? Hast thou forgot thyself? Is it so long? Call forth thy holy father. Come away. Whither, my lord? Cesario, husband, stay. Husband? Aye, husband. Can he that deny? Her husband, sirrah. No, no, my lord, not I. Alas, it is the baseness of thy fear that makes thee strangle thy propriety. Fear not, Cesario, take thy fortunes up. Be that thou knowest thou art, and then thou art as great as thou fearest. Enter priest, now played by Hilary. Oh, welcome, father. Father, I charge thee by thy reverence, here to unfold, though lately we intended to keep in darkness what occasion now reveals before tis ripe, what thou dost know hath newly passed between this youth and me. A contract of eternal bond of love, confirmed by mutual joinder of your hands, attested by the holy close of lips, strengthened by interchangement of your rings, and all the ceremony of his compact, sealed in my function by my testimony, since when my watch hath told me toward my grave, I have traveled but two hours. Thou dissembling cub, what wilt thou be when time hath sowed a, grizz sowed a grizzle on thy case? Will not else thy craft so quickly grow that, thou, that thine own trip shall be thine overthrow? Farewell and take her, but direct thy feet, for thou and I henceforth may never meet. My lord, I do protest. Oh, do not swear. Hold little faith, though thou hast too much fear. Oh. Enter Sir Andrew. For the love of God, a surgeon, send one presently to Sir Toby. What's the matter? Oh, he has broke my head across, and he has given Sir Toby a bloody cotscomb, too. For the love of God, your help. I had rather than forty pound I were at home. Who has done this, Sir Andrew? 
the Count's gentleman, one Cesario. We took him for a coward, but he's the very devil incarnate. My gentleman, Cesario. Odds lifelings, here he is. You broke my head for nothing. And that that I did, I was set on to do it by Sir Toby. Why do you speak to me? I never hurt you. You drew your sword upon me without cause, but I bespoke you fair and hurt you not. If a bloody coxcomb be a hurt, you have hurt me. I think you said nothing by a bloody coxcomb. Enter Toby and Clown. Oh, here comes Sir Toby halting. You shall hear more. But if he had not been in drink, he would have tickled you other gates than he did. Now, gentlemen, how is it with you? It's all one. He's hurt me, and there's an end on it. Sot! Did that see Dick's surgeon, Sot? Oh, he's drunk, uh, Sir Toby, an hour ago, and his eyes were set at uh, eight this morning. Then he's a rogue, and a passy measures pain. I hate a drunken rogue. Away with him! Who hath made this havoc with him? I'll help you, Sir Toby, because we'll be dressed together. Will you help? An asshead, and a coxcomb, and a knave. A thin-faced knave. A gull. Get him to bed and let his heart be looked to. Exit Clown, Fabian, Toby, and Andrew. Enter Sebastian. I am sorry, madam. I have hurt your kinsman. But had it been the brother of my blood, I must have done no less with wit and safety. You throw a strange regard on me, upon me, and by that I do perceive it hath offended you. Pardon me, sweet one, even for the vows we made each other but so late ago. One face, one voice, one habit, and two persons, a natural perspective that is and is not. Antonio, oh, my dear Antonio, how have the hours racked and tortured me since I have lost thee? Sebastian, are you? Fearest thou that, Antonio? How have you made division of yourself? An apple cleft in two is not more twin than these two creatures. Which is Sebastian? Most wonderful. Mm. Do I stand here? Do I stand there? I never had a brother. Nor can there be that deity in my nature of here and everywhere. I had a sister, whom the blind waves and surges have devoured. Of charity, what kin are you to me? What countryman? What name? What parentage? Of Messaline, Sebastian was my father. Such a Sebastian was my brother, too. So went he suited to his watery tomb. If spirits can assume both form and suit, you come to fright us. A spirit I am indeed, but am in that dimension grossly clad which from the womb I did participate. Were you a woman, as the rest goes even, I should my tears let fall upon your cheek and say thrice welcome drowned Olivia, or drowned Viola. <laughs> My father had a mole upon his brow. And so had mine. 
and died that day when Viola from her birth had numbered 13 years. Oh, that record is lively in my soul. He finished indeed his mortal act that day that made my sister 13 years. <laughs> if nothing lets to make us happy both, but this, my masculine, usurped attire. Do not embrace me till each circumstance of place, time, fortune, do cohere and jump that I am Viola. Which to confirm, I'll bring you to a captain in this town where lie my maid in weeds, and by whose gentle help I was preserved to serve this noble count. All the occurrence of my fortune since hath been between this lady and this lord. So comes it, lady. You have been mistook, but nature to her bias drew in that. You would have been contracted to a maid, nor are you therein by my life deceived. You are betrothed both to a maid and a man. Be not amazed. Right noble is his blood. If this be so, as yet the glass seems true, I shall have share in this most happy wreck. Boy, thou hast said to me a thousand times, thou never shouldst love woman like to me. And all those sayings will I overswear, and all those swearings keep as true in soul as doth the orbed continent with fire that severs day from night. Give me thy hand, and let me see thee in thy woman's weeds. The captain that did bring me first on shore hath my maid's garments. He, upon some action, is now endurance at Malvolio's suit, a gentleman and follower of my lady's. He should... He shall enlarge him. Fetch <laughs> Malvolio hither. And yet, alas, now I remember me. They, they say, poor gentleman, he's much distraught. Re-enter clown with a letter and Fabian. The most exacting frenzy of mine own from my remembrance clearly banished his. How does he, Sirrah? Truly, madam, he holds Beelzebub at the staves, and as well as a man in his case may do, has here writ a letter to you. I should have given to you today um, a morning, but as a madman's epistles are no gospels, so it skills not much when they are delivered. Open it and read it. Uh, look, then, to be well edified when the fool delivers the madman. <clears throat> By the Lord, uh, madam. How now? Art thou mad? No, madam, I do but read madness, and your ladyship will have it as it ought to be. You must allow Vox. Prithee, read in thine right wits. So I do, Madonna, but to read his right wits is to read thus. Uh, read it, you, sir? <laughs> Who do we have? Fabian? Fabian. Ready, go. Oh. Fabian, are you there? I think they might have had time. Okay, Hillary, why don't you read the letter? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, hey, there you go. Okay, sick. Great. No? No, yeah. yeah. No sound? Yes. Yes. James and Gabby, yeah? go. Yeah, Gabby, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> By the Lord, madam, you wrong me, and the world shall know it. Though you have put me into darkness and given your drunken cousin rule over me, yet have I the benefit of my senses as well as your ladyship. 
I have your own letter that induced me to the semblance I put on, with the which I doubt not but to do myself much right or you much shame. Think of me as you please. I leave my duty a little unthought of and speak out of my injury. The madly used Malvolio. Did he write this? Aye, madam. Ah. Uh, <laughs> this savors not much of the distraction. See him delivered, Fabian. Bring him hither. Exit, Fabian. My lord, so please you, these things further thought on to think me as well a sister as a wife. One day shall crown the alliance, aunt, so please you, here at my house and at my proper cost. Madam, I am most apt to embrace your offer. <clears throat> your master acquits you, and for your service done him so much against the metal of your sex, so far beneath your soft and tender breeding. And since you called me master for so long, here is my hand. You shall from this time be your master's mistress. A sister. You are she. Re-enter Fabian with Malvolio. Is this the madman? Aye, my lord, this same. How now, Malvolio? Madam, you have done me wrong. Notorious wrong. Have I, Malvolio? No. Who do you have? Pray you, peruse that letter. You must not now deny it is your hand. Write from it, if you can, in hand or phrase, or say it is not your seal, nor your invention. You can say none of this. Well, grant it then, and tell me, in the modesty of honor, why you have given me such clear lights of favor. Bade me come smiling and cross-gartered to you, to put on yellow stockings and to frown upon Sir Toby and the lighter people, and acting this in an obedient hope, why have you suffered me to be imprisoned, kept in a dark house, visited by the priest, and made the most notorious geck and gull that air invention played upon? Tell me why. Alas, Malvolio, this is not my writing. Though I confess, much like the character, but out of question, tis Mariah's hand. And now I do bethink me, it was she first told me thou wast mad, then camest in smiling, and in such forms which here were presupposed upon thee in the letter. Prithee, be content. This practice hath most shrewdly passed upon thee. But when we know the grounds and authors of it, thou shalt be both a plaintiff and the judge of thine own cause. Good madam, hear me speak, and let no quarrel nor no brawl to come taint the condition of this present hour which I have wondered at. In hope it shall not, most freely I confess, myself and Toby, set this device against Malvolio here, upon some stubborn and uncourteous parts we had conceived against him. Mariah writ the letter at Sir Toby's great importance, in recompense whereof he hath married her, how with a sportful malice it was followed, and they rather pluck on laughter than revenge, 
if that the injuries be justly weighed that have on both sides passed. Alas, poor fool, how have they baffled thee? Why, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. I was one, sir, in this interlude, one Sir Topas, sir, but that's all one. By the Lord Fool, I am not mad, but do you remember, madam, why you laugh at such a barren rascal? And you smile not, he's gagged. <laughs> and thus the whirligig of time brings in his revenges. I'll be revenged on the whole pack of you. Exit. He hath been most notoriously abused. Pursue him and entreat him to a peace. He hath not yet told us of the captain yet, when that is known and golden time convince us a solemn combination shall be made of our dear souls. Meantime, sweet sister, we will not part from hence. Cesario, come, for so you shall be while you are a man, when in other habits you are seen, Orsino's mistress and his fancy's queen. Exent all except clown. When that I was and a little tiny boy with a hey-ho, the wind and the rain, a foolish thing was but a toy for the rain it raineth every day. When I came to man's estate with a hey-ho, the wind and the rain, can't slaves and thieves men shut their gate for the rain it raineth every day. Strive to please you every 